Original content. Content. Compelling discussions. Audio on demand. This is a Podcast 225 production. Welcome to the We BR Podcast, Women Empowering Baton Rouge. This podcast is an initiative of Mayor Sharon Westenbroom's Women's Advancement Commission. Welcome, this is Mayor Sharon Weston Broom, and you are listening to one of my favorite podcasts, the We Be Our Podcast, an initiative of my Women's Advancement Commission. Our show will air the first and third Wednesday of each month, and we invite you to listen and subscribe to our podcast by visiting podcast225.com, that's podcast225.com, or by listening through the Apple Podcast app. Now we're going to have my rock star co-host... Uh- Summer Stive, come in here. Hey, Summer, how you doing? Hey, Mayor, it's always a pleasure to get to do this with you. Well, thank you for all the work that you do uh, as director at the LSU Women's Center and also uh, your diligent service uh, on our Women's Advancement Commission. Thank you. I appreciate it. So uh, tell us today a little bit, Summer, about what's going on. Absolutely. As always, we have a fabulous guest joining us today, a rock star woman to join us uh, here in Baton Rouge, and that is Serena Pandos, who is the president and executive director of the Louisiana Art and Science Museum. She's originally from Baltimore and has over 25 years experience working in museums. She has uh, extensive background in cross-functional teams in the delivery of high-impact museum and art programming objectives. I can't wait to hear more about what that means and what that looks like. She's leveraged her skills in the development and implementation of strategies focused on enhancing revenue, community engagement, cultural arts, education, economic development, and service offerings to consistently partner as a strategic leader in the nonprofit organizational field. Before moving to Baton Rouge, Serena served as the president and executive director of the International Museum of Art and Science in McAllen, Texas. And last January, she accepted the position and came here to join us in Baton Rouge. So welcome to the podcast and welcome to Baton Rouge. Thank you so much, Summer, Mayor Broom. I'm so delighted to to be here and and share the journey with y'all. It's Listen, a year, what a difference a year makes, huh? It's been a year since you've done that, Uh, been here. So uh, that's great. Congratulations and happy anniversary. Thank you so much. So, Serena, you've had an amazing journey, but tell us a little bit. Let's do a, a, a deeper dive into your journey and how you came to do this work in Baton Rouge. Thanks, Mayor. Uh, You know... I thought about that for a while and it's it's you know when we're kids you know we dream of what we want to be and what we want to do and everything's so simple and it's kind of a straight line and you know when you get when you get to be you know our age (laughs) mid-career you realize life is it sometimes doesn't go in a straight line sometimes it goes in squiggles and swirls and circles and all kinds of stuff and um you know, when I really distill it down into those moments of what what moved the needle in my mm-hmm. life and the people mm-hmm. around me, um, you know, and, you know, everything centers around family, of course. And uh, my father always had a, um, a workshop in the house, mm-hmm. a tool shop. He built radios, he fixed lawnmowers, tractors. He grew up on a farm and uh, became a psychi- psychologist. 
but he still liked to use his hands and fix things. And I used to help him. I was always really curious about how radios worked and how those things worked. And uh, he would teach me what tools were. So I learned very early on what a hammer was, what a screwdriver was, what um, uh, car charging batteries were about, all kinds of stuff, and um, miter saws and all kinds of things. And so the moment I had an opportunity to apply to work in a museum, I was in my last semester of art school in Baltimore, and the Walters Art Museum gave this open opportunity for artists to apply for jobs. And about three of us were selected, and I was first came in as, a, as an art handler, so I get to handle the Botticellis, I get to handle oh, the Vasaris, wow. I get to handle all of these, you know, precious objects. And um, the, the head art handler, you know, um, he said, okay, somebody go get me a Phillips head screwdriver. Well, guess and who that knew was you. what a Phillips head screwdriver looked like, you know, and I was a sculpture major. So I went and I got that Phillips head and I got the job. Wow. <laughs> and so, you've been I mean, connected just, ever since. Huh? And I've been connected ever since. That's great. So I started out there handling art, and then um, I was a year in training before I was actually able to touch any any wow. pieces of art. Um, it was a it was a slow row, but I got a lot of good training. I was there uh, seven years, and then um, I was able to you know hang uh, hang art art shows myself. Um, with other team members and professionals, take work to conservations. I built cradles for medieval manuscripts, um, and it opened up a whole, a whole door, a whole wide open highway of opportunities. Um, I helped make civic monuments in New York, the the Charging Bull in Wall Street, oh, two wow. uh, allegorical figures in front of the Ronald Reagan Courthouse in Santa Ana, California. Wow. Um, you know, and this is all just by showing up and, and mm, I guess my mother had the foresight of, you know, placing me into art schools in the summer, gave me an opportunity to develop my talents and skills and, um, you know, education, family, and, uh, learning your tools, learn your tools. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to go back real quick. Whenever you said it was one year before you got to touch a piece of art, um, I think that is so important and that really stood out to me um not to make a sweeping generalization Mm -hmm. but I see a lot of our youth today wanting to go directly to the doing um and thinking about the time that has to be put in to fully understand the the scope um so I I love that you shared that with our listeners a year of of working and I'm sure part of that maybe felt frustrating like I just want to touch it I just want to do it but in hindsight having that appreciation of what goes into being able to to take on that active role and what you have to know to do that so thank you for sharing that my pleasure I see that I see that as well and um patience being teachable um observing learning through observing is really important. Um, by the time I was able to handle a piece of art, I knew exactly what was expected of me. I knew how to work with others. Um, and it, 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 I really appreciated that training. The Walters, the Walters family gave their entire collection to the city of Baltimore. 
and open this museum. It's it's open for free to the public, but they they share their mass collection of of art with the public, and um, it's heavily endowed. So you have the opportunity to train, to have staff training mm-hmm. where you, you really do get that full-on experience instead of, you know, rushing folks in and out. Okay, you know, you're just thrown into the fire. Figure it out. You'll get it. You know, that kind of thing. And so it really was a treat to be able to to work for an organization of that nature. So tell us a little bit um, about um, you've given us so m- many nuggets about what you've learned in your career. I mean, we've been pulling them out as you've mm-hmm. been sharing. Um, but tell us about your uh, journey as a female in this. Can I call it? I'm just going to say in this space. Um, I'm sure there are some takeaways that you've learned personally. What kind of takeaways have have you learned as a woman in this uh, leadership role? There's so many, Mayor. Uh, you know, it's an inside job. Mm-hmm. Explain it's, that. It's an inside I I job. Um, mm-hmm. I think that. You know, as women throughout our history, so much has, um, so much energy has gone into our appearances. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, beauty is anorexia. Mm-hmm. Um, beauty is this. Beauty is that. I think you know the freedom lies in our ability to find what resonates with us and just do it and be comfortable in us. We're human beings. Bravo, bravo, you know? bravo. I love that. <laughs> We're human beings. Um, you know, my mother, I, <laughs> I grew up, I was born in 64. So. I got all of y'all beat here in the room. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, age is a state of mind, right? That's right. That's, that's right. right. Issue of, and yeah. you know, at that time, mm-hmm. equality and, you know, all mm-hmm. of those issues were really, you know, starting to percolate Mm -hmm. um and they continue to percolate Mm -hmm. you know and i look back now my sisters who were born when i was 16 Mm -hmm. they have a totally different perspective of gender race Mm -hmm. all of that than i have and Mm -hmm. my mother had a very different perspective than I had. Mm-hmm. And so I see those walls eroding mm-hmm. with the younger generation. It's really refreshing. Yeah. Um, but it has been challenging to grow up in that, in that, um, in that, in mm. that, um, um, it's like a caste system of belief of mm-hmm. what women are supposed to be mm-hmm. and do. Mm-hmm. And so breaking that mold yeah. is, yeah. um, it's inspiring, and I've been inspired by seeing other women yeah. who've done the same thing. Yeah, you know, um, I, when you tell that story, it really uh, connects. I think about my own life, um, uh, Summer and Serena. I think about how, you know, and I grew. I was born a few years before you were, and uh, my mother kind of came up in that system. Uh, but it was very interesting. I often look at my life and I feel like I've gotten, I can see both my mother and Mm -hmm. my father in me and the balance that exists. For example, you know, my mother, for her, she, for her success, she wasn't trying to tell me what to be. In fact, she was pretty, pretty open-minded, 
But for her, you had to have the foundation. And for her, the foundation was get a good education. Mm -hmm. Um, And she never said, you know, you need to get married. You need to do this. She never said that. She just felt like you get an education and I want to help you get a good education because I'm going to take this off your plate. So that's not an excuse. I'm going to take that off your plate. And then the other lesson she demonstrated was just loving people. Mm -hmm. You know, she was the most loving person. And so I feel like I got that. But now on the other side, I really believe that the leadership uh, theme in my life came from my father. Because while I was, you know, a female, he never looked at me through a lens of being Oh, you're a girl and right. you should be do this and do that. His message always was, you better be tough. <laughs> and his message was, you need to be able to uh, prepare yourself so you can go in the world and do whatever you want to. And that was really pretty unique because I'm, my dad was born in 1903. Wow. And my mother was born in 1912. So those kind of attitudes... Mm-hmm. You know, I, I now I think back on it, but I mean, that's how my father was. He was like, I want you to be able to go out in the world and make it anywhere. Now, he did have some limitations in terms of, you know, back then for African-American women, uh, being a success was being a school teacher. Right. So in his mindset, he felt like if you make it to be a school teacher, you're going to be a successor. When I told him I wanted to go into communications, it took him a minute to wrap his mind around that. And then as he saw, you know, as we begin to see other women on TV and women who look like me, like Carol Simpson, you know, on TV, then he could say, yeah, yeah, I see what she's talking mm-hmm. about now. So you're you're absolutely right. And I, I think that does feed into our, inter- our inside, right? The inside job that you talked about. And I know I've I've spent much too time Mm-mm. talking, <laughs> but, but valuable but lessons about yeah, the need yeah, to be empowered it, mm-hmm. and empowered to yeah. make choices and mm-hmm. to decide for yourself what leadership yes. looks like yes. and how to succeed on the path you choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's get um, um, uh, what 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 message when you think of what you've been most proud of. Uh, I know that's a tough question because when you do so many things, you like. This, 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 this. So what are you most proud of? That's a really tough question. (laughs) You know, I'm proud of my mother. I'm proud of my sisters. Um, You know, I'm what went on a, on a, you know, on an inside, Uh (laughs) you know, introspective, contemplative scope of things. I would say um, I'm most proud of having the challenge of being associated with organizations after after um, my journey at the Walters Art Museum, uh, nonprofit organizations that are struggling financially. And with the team, with the staff and the board and the city leaders working through those challenges mm-hmm. to help stabilize organizations into robust uh, um, tools for the community for mm-hmm. advancing our humanity, you know, um, giving a platform for um, thoughts, thinking, sol- mm-hmm. problem-solving skills, education, mm-hmm. um, a sense of 
our place in the world, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and uh, you know, I feel I feel really strong about that. Um, I you know I came from a I came from a family that was you know um, lower middle I would say lower middle class. My mother really pulled out of that. She was the first in her family to get a college degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wanted she also wanted to make sure that. Um, that I had those resources, that I was a good person. And, um, you know, some kids just, they might be, grow up in, a, in a, an environment um, that's challenging, but they don't get exposed mm-hmm. to experiences that make them want to wonder mm-hmm. or question or get out of the, I, I, I guess, that box that, mm-hmm. that we talked about before that, mm-hmm. you know, women have been put in or, you know, children who are growing up in challenge, challenging environments, whether it's, you know, drug abuse, addicted families, um, uh, poverty, the challenges mm-hmm. of poverty, the pa- challenges of um, mental illness, you know, f- physical illnesses, you know, um, and they just don't have that that experience. And sometimes a museum experience can do that. And I feel most proud to be able to work in a museum where I'm providing the, I'm helping to provide people that opportunity to help turn things around, move the needle, change someone's life for the better. That's great. Now, you've been in Baton Rouge a year now, and uh, Summer has our test question for you. I do. So, um, if you had a guest here for 24 hours, in addition to the museum, uh, where would you take them and what would you do while they were here? Well, that's a really funny question, Summer, because ever since I moved to Baton Rouge, like all of my family and friends want to come visit. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, the bring first... them on. We love it. Yeah, exactly. So the first few weeks, literally, that I had moved in, there's still boxes around, you know, my family's visiting. What are we going to do? Let's do this. Let's do that. And then the, generally, the uh, my family came during Mardi Gras. Okay. Oh, wow. So one of the first things we did was um, walk around the state capitol while the... Um, parade folks were setting up uh-huh. you know for the Spanish town parade and boy was I I was shocked <laughs> I was totally shocked so uh we participated and that was my first parade you know ever <laughs> so we you pre- picked a doozy right <laughs> I, I took some pictures and I immediately had to re- remove them off my social media pages. Like, I do not need to be entering a new community and having this on my social media page or be associated with it in any in any way. But I do appreciate that this city is not afraid to express, embrace, and celebrate, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that makes it um, very interesting. And we like to go out to eat. Oh, so do we. Yeah. Yeah, so you do notice we. Clay just Clay just lit up because we usually talk about food quite frequently. And, you if you know, listen the to the podcast here in Louisiana, is you know top shelf as far as I'm concerned. Oh yeah, it is. I don't know if you can. It is. It is. Twenty pounds in a year. Seriously, I think I'm still wearing last year's king cake. So I love the restaurants. I love city pork. I love Rouge Creole. I love Mansters. I live right above Little Village downtown. Oh, my goodness. Oh, nice. That's been pretty challenging. That um, village bread. Oh, <laughs> right. Next level. <laughs> and, um, you know, I love all the museums. We're so fortunate to live in downtown. We have a museum district. How many? Right. Five or six museums down mm-hmm. there. So there's something for everyone. Um, 
you know, uh, I really, I really enjoy that. I also really enjoy, um, and took my family around to the churches downtown. Mm -hmm. They're just so beautiful. Um, the Tiffany glass at Mm -hmm. St. James Episcopal is a real treat. Um, as well as the beautiful, um, Frank Hayden, uh, sculptures at Mestrovich and the, um, cathedral of uh, St. Joe's and all around the city, Galvez, the public sculptures, they're just Mm -hmm. beautiful and inspiring and um i just love it and and folks who have visited love it too so so what um do y'all have anything going on at the museum that you want to share in case any of our listeners have a guest coming into town for 24 hours good idea want to hit up the museum kind of give them a sneak peek of maybe what's going on there i do actually um in march 25th we're opening a frank hayden exhibition oh wow which will really go nicely with our riverboat tourists and folks that are wanting to experience uh, the cultural life of Baton Rouge um, Mm -hmm. and learning about Frank Hayden's journey, his study with the masters and his work in political, I mean, uh, sorry, civic monument work and how it graces our city, what Mm -hmm. it means, his message, um, and kind of gives a, you know, an educational tour of, the cultural development of of our community um as well i encourage people to continually check into that irene w pennington planetarium i will share it's one of my favorite places on this earth wow you know we are so lucky to have in fact that was the first time that was the reason why i visited baton rouge back in the early 2000s was to come to the planetarium with my city leadership my board, my commission to uh, see the planetarium. We have the largest, most technologically advanced dome theater in the southeastern region of the United States. That's That's pretty. We don't hear enough of that, right? Exactly. No, we don't. We need to start spreading that news. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's quite a success, and it's quite a gift for our entire region. And it's not only... um, a tool for mm-hmm. you know economic development but also for education because how how much fun is it to learn how much how much it's fun to learn mm-hmm. it's, it's we nice. know what you're trying you to say <laughs> it's early right it's easy to learn something when you're having fun right that's it Boom. and the planetarium <laughs> is an immersive experience yes, it is and there's all kinds of programs in there and yeah. you know we're multi we cater to a multi-generational mm-hmm. audience yeah so if you have children come if you have older parents come if you're single a student come oh, listen right. enjoy because there's something for everyone well thank you serena what a way to uh, end our show uh today that's been that's great 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 and you have been wonderful today i'm so glad we I'm so glad that you're here in Baton Rouge with us. I'm Indeed. very glad that you're well, here. I'm glad y'all are here too. It takes a village. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is, ain't that the truth? <laughs> and so, um, thank you so much for being here. And uh, to our listeners, listen, I'm go. I have an ask, and this is my ask. Would you please tell somebody about our podcast? It's a great podcast, don't you think? And uh, we need to spread the word. We need uh, supporters of our podcast and not because, I mean, the reason why we need support is because we want, we have so many dynamic women 
on this podcast so much great information that's coming through and i personally think that it would add it will add value to your day to your morning to your afternoon Absolutely. so please spread the word and our show will air the first and third wednesday of each month we invite you to listen and subscribe to our podcast by visiting here you are podcast225.com podcast225.com and by listening through the Apple Podcast app. Thank you, Summer, for co-hosting with us. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the We Be Our Podcast, Women Empowering Baton Rouge. This podcast is an initiative of Mayor Sharon Weston-Broom's Women's Advancement Commission.